0: in this life we're so conditioned to the mind and to what we think that we think we, the content of our mind, which is our thoughts and the stories that we tell ourselves. However, through meditation and through observing my experience become less identified with the thoughts and the stories and the panic and I need to do this or that won't happen, or this needs to get, and I become more identified with the space within which the content is streaming in and out.
1: Welcome to The Kind Boss Podcast, brought to you by Outsourcing Angel, an Australian-based social enterprise that specializes in helping business owners free up their time and reduce staffing costs, while helping to create employment opportunities for people in developing countries. Visit OutsourcingAngel.com today. Now, let me welcome your host, Lynn Pedetti.
2: Hello, kind listeners, I'm your host, Lynn Pedetti. Today, we'll be speaking to a kind boss, Andrew Pierce, a professional stress and performance mentor and has been working in this space since 2014. Andrew has a natural love and passion for understanding why we do what we do as human beings and understanding the structures of the mind, consciousness and ego. From his studies on these topics, Andrew has been able to establish an approach to stress resolution and performance improvement that has proven to be simple and effective. Listen on as he shares his simple and effective techniques for removing stress and achieving peak performance. Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of the Kind Boss series. And today I have my good friend from Melbourne, Andrew Piers. How are you, Andrew?
0: Good, thanks Lynn. How are you doing?
2: I'm good and thank you so much for being with me today to talk about stress because I think during this time of this whole coronavirus I myself experienced stress you know and I I would say that I thought I was okay but I can tell I'm not okay because of all the pimples that was developing on my forehead and Mm. it's so great to have you at this point in time because I think that so many people even if their life was great before I think most of us are in that yeah, you know, much more stressed position so can you talk to me more about i guess some of the clients that do come to you challenges they they have that they end up needing your help
0: yeah so some of the challenges that my clients are experiencing that they come to me for is they do have that overactive mind which they just really find it's a struggle to switch off so they're they're always on you know the ideal client is a business owner and As I'm sure you know, there's always something else that we can do. There's always something else we can be thinking about. What have we done? What haven't we done? So just really living life up in their head with that overactive mind is something that they come to me for. And overall their performance as well. So because they've been burning the candle at both ends and the the energy it requires to try and keep a, a lid on their emotions, they're just becoming a bit exhausted. They're experiencing the feeling tired and just the emotional weight and pressure of, being in the position that they are, of the responsibility that they've got. And they're coming to me to both recover from that position and then get to a place where they have their energy back. They've got improved, improved, their mental focus and they're able to, you know, have a sustainable approach with their emotional fitness moving forward.
2: Yeah. And so once they're equipped with all that resource, something like the COVID-19, they would know how to manage it better, right?
0: Totally, totally. Once they've uh, got a deeper understanding of, of where they're at emotionally and how to actually healthily and properly process their emotions, which, you know, it's we're emotional beings, right? But on a, as a generalization, we've grown up in a world where we've been told that it's not okay to feel in a variety of different ways and for a variety of different emotions. And so with the judgment, the shame, the guilt, the embarrassment that we have around the way that we feel, we just think, let's just shut this down and, and trap it. And I think it's, it's one of the most powerful skills for anyone at any position in the world to develop is that emotional mastery.
2: Yeah, because we're so busy being a human doing and not human being. Why do you think that's the case in our world today? I mean, I myself are guilty of that for many, many years. I, you know, I, mean, I still catch myself just constantly doing and then have to Pause for a moment, right? And so, what, yeah. why why do we default to that?
0: I think it's because there, we value those types of actions. We value those things and become addicted to the busyness and the distraction. You know, some people distract with with alcohol or with social media. Some people distract with being busy and overworking, and we just become addicted to the safety of that and. That it feels productive. It feels like we're progressing, you know, sitting within your or with your emotions for half an hour doesn't feel <laughs> productive or like you're getting anywhere or ticking anything off the list. And I had a client ask you one time, they're like, how do you schedule in the time to do this personal development work, this emotional work? And you schedule time in for anything by putting it in your calendar. But I said, I get it done because I value it. I really value that work and believe that I can be far more productive in my days by allowing myself even 5 minutes to just be with whatever I'm feeling. And that's how I get it done rather than just the more addictive state of, all right, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. And the feeling of, okay, I've been productive today. I'm stressed and I'm tired. So I've progressed. Uh, So I think it's just, it's that addiction and the safety that we have to, being in those doing tasks that keep us in them
2: yeah so we feel like if we're not doing that means we're not productive or we're being lazy but are you you're trying to say that by sitting still and and also just having that calmness and time to yourself will that create even more result than we expect
0: yeah a hundred percent hundred percent because if someone is continuing to be overactive and just do 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 and they're operating from a a, a fear-based story of I'm lazy or I'm useless, then within that story that they're operating from has its own inherent limitations as they evolve or upgrade to the next story that they tell themselves, which still isn't true. It's still just a made up story that has its own inherent limitations. But if, if the ceiling becomes bigger and bigger and bigger with the story that you evolve into, then you, you will find that you will behave differently, you will perform at a different level, you'll attract different opportunities into your life. But if you're always just on this fear-based story that says you need to work 60 hours a week to earn half a mil a year, then, then that's what you'll play out, that's what you'll experience, that's what you're attracting to your life, just because you haven't looked at it and examined it. But if you take that time to sit with it and know that you're not lazy or useless, it's just a feeling in your body, then as you will let go of that, you will elevate, you'll grow, and you'll be like, oh, I don't, I don't need to, to do these 60 hours. I realise how much of it was just an avoidance of not wanting to feel lazy and useless. So there's incredible benefits in, in doing this kind of yeah.
2: work. Yeah. So let's just say someone is just so stressed out and they come to you, Like, what are kind of the steps that you would take them through to get them from A to B to, or to, to the result that they want where they just feel more at peace? What is it? Well, what are those key steps?
0: Yeah, the first steps to get them to feel the stress, to get them to really feel the anxiety that they're experiencing. Because pain isn't designed to make us suffer, but when we resist pain, the effect of resisting pain is suffering. You know, the, the tension in our bodies, in our muscles, the tightness in the chest, that is coming from our resistance, our On inner conflict and battle and fight against the emotions that are in our body. So the first thing I get people to do is I just teach them how to feel, how to actually slow down. If you want to get to the, to the calm, you need to go through the chaos. You need to go through the anxiety because the calm and the peace are on the other side. Mm. But when most people are just pushing down and trying to get rid of their emotions, well, what we resist persists and the energies we fight, we feed. Yeah. So it, it feels very counterintuitive in our body to just let stress win or to let anxiety win because when we're fighting against something, you're going to win or you're going to lose. And if I'm fighting, there's hope. There's hope that I will one day beat this stress, but you've got to emotionally just let the stress, let the anxiety beat you wash over you And feel through it. And on the other side, that's where you're going to find the calm. So how does it it
2: look like when you say feel it, like are you, okay, let's just say if I'm, if I feel like crying, then I know that I'll just cry, but how do you actually feel stress? How do you let it take over you? Like, what does that look like?
0: Yeah. Great question. So the way that you do it is first off by identifying the resistance. When something you can say, can you feel that you're resisting? It's like, yeah, I can, I can feel that I am pushing against that. So imagine a tennis ball floating underwater and its natural buoyancy is to float up to the surface. But if I put my hand over the top to push down on it against its buoyancy, well, then we've got, this is the tension here. This is the conflict and the resistance. And that tennis ball can't go anywhere if my hand's on top of it. If I remove my hand, it's going to float up to the top of the surface of its own accord. I don't need to push it, yell at it, force it, control it, give it directions or anything of that nature. So the, the, the same thing happens within our body with our emotions and our feelings is that they're, they're coming up. Emotion is energy in motion. It, it has a direction that it's going. And because yeah, rarely have we been taught how to feel or process that it feels scary. It feels overwhelming. It feels unfamiliar. Let's just push it down and, and shut it out. So the first step is identify resistance and it's like, Oh yeah, I can totally feel that I am resisting there. And you can feel into, How much are you resisting? What's the intensity? And you can begin to back it off and remove your hand, which will allow the emotion to surface, allow the the tennis ball to float up to the top. Then, you know, you're feeling the stress rather than, or feeling the fear, rather than resisting it and then feeling the, the tension as a result. Uh, So it starts with identifying resistance.
2: Yeah, and this is where you really need to work with a coach like yourself because it's really guiding you because you could tell someone, read a book and and go, someone tells you, feel it. But if they're working with someone like you with the experience, you're able to kind of guide them, right? You're like, where is it? And coaching them because they probably don't know if they're feeling it the right way. So I definitely think it's something they need to work with you on. So what would be the next step then?
0: So once you have identified resistance, Then it's so simple but it's so powerful. It's about giving ourselves permission to feel. And there's three permission pieces that I talk about a lot and they are the words, okay, allowed and safe. So for example, when you're younger, it's maybe in in your household, it wasn't okay to cry and you just get told, what are you crying for? Stop crying. Oh, don't cry. Even said in a nice way of, Oh, don't cry is still a suppression of someone's experience. So it's, it's not okay to cry. You weren't allowed to express your anger. You know, let's say as a child, you were, if you got angry, you got told off for being angry. It's like, all right. And then let's say you, it wasn't safe for you to be expressing your happy, your, sorry, your happy, your joy or your happiness. Maybe old uncle Jason was like, what are you so happy for? Just cause he's bitter and angry at the world. So all of a sudden we're just learning that whenever we're experiencing or feeling something within our body, it's not okay. Okay. It's not safe to experience it, it's not allowed. And this brings in the judgments of shame. You know, you feel, a lot of people feel weak around feeling anxious and then there's shame and embarrassment, hiding all of it. So what's really powerful is as you've identified the resistance, you know, if you're a top CEO or a leader, you're still a human being first. If you're feeling lost, if you're feeling scared, if you're feeling afraid, then just give yourself permission like there's nothing wrong with experiencing that within your mind or within your body so to say hey i'm a top leading ceo i'm still allowed to to be scared shitless you know it's okay for me to feel afraid and it's also safe for me to feel weak this removes so we've identified resistance this is then removing the resistances that we put on there in the first place Mm -hmm. and just allows us to feel and we realize in this moment in this experience that feeling lost really isn't the issue and there's nothing wrong with it but the fact that we said there was something wrong with in the first place that is and has only ever been the issue not the actual feeling within our body itself so the next step is permission to feel
2: mm. what yeah tell me more about the, the other steps that would, would take you to the end result
0: so once they've identified resistance and then given themselves permission to feel that all in itself is a process of surrender and letting go and then like that's it you're done it's gonna it's gonna shift it's gonna move up its own accord there's a lot of greater intricacies you can go into to, you know expand your understanding of where this feelings come look at tony robbins six core needs masculine feminine you can bring all that type of stuff in but just in terms of those steps it's like identify the resistance give yourself permission to feel feel it and it's going to, like the tennis ball, it, once you get out of the way, it's going to take itself to the top of the surface. Once you get out of the way, your feelings are going to take themselves to the top of the surface. They're going to take themselves out of your body.
1: Want to make a difference in others' lives? Join us in providing food, medical supplies, and daily living necessities to tribal communities living in extreme poverty in the Philippines. For as little as $50, you can feed a whole village and have peace of mind that 100% of your donations goes directly to those in need. Be a part of our OA love projects and visit OutsourcingAngel.com.
0: So you just, yeah, you got to get out of the so, way. Yeah, so hour. basically
2: all those ones would make you feel liberated, feel free so that you then, would it mean that you can just think of solutions or next action to take or like what kind of happens after that? I'm like, if from my imagination, it kind of feels like liberated, feel full totally. feel, feel at peace. And then what tends to happen as a result of that?
0: Yeah, yeah. So sometimes like we'll talk about like, you know, in COVID, there's been that panic mm. and the, the panic has come up in people. And it's like, how do, what we're thinking within our minds is, How do I get away from this panic as soon as possible? There's this discomfort in my body. I don't like feeling it. And all of these ideas can be run into this is we're going to pivot this way. This is going to be our strategy. We're going to, we need to execute this, you know, take those shares out of that position, like all of this type of stuff. As you feel into these emotions and they shift on the other end, you can also, at times you can find, ah, okay, nothing needs to be done. Nothing needs to happen. Once the feeling of panic is no longer in the body, it's like, oh, okay, I'm all good. When it was there, oh, holy shit, this needs to be done. That needs to happen. Move this, move that. Now, now, now. Go, go, go. So on the other side, a lot of times you can find I'm actually all good. Nothing needs to happen. Just keep let, letting things happen. Allow them to, to, to run their course as they've been. But what you can also find is that's when the, the idea or the solution or the insight will just pop in, you know? So Einstein said that we can't solve a problem from the same level of thinking that created it. And if you're in this fear-based panicky state, that's when a logical thinking's coming from and rational behaviors are coming from, and you're not thinking straight. Let's just say it that way. As the emotion shifts and you've, you've let go of that fear-based story that said, these bad things are going to happen to us if we don't do something and we'll never get where we want to be. If we don't pivot right now, as that story is let go, you, you open yourself up to a whole new level of ideas. You know, when sometimes when something just drops in and you're like, yeah, it's just so clear. That's what you can expect on the other side. Mm,
2: yeah definitely I could relate to that and that a lot of ideas came but I definitely felt this kind of um, panic like oh my god we need to do something and if I wasn't going to do something then I feel like I didn't fix it but um, yeah but I definitely a lot of solutions came out and then when everything kind of calmed down we realized that a lot of these solutions were out of panic it weren't really logical solutions they're kind of like desperate solutions and so I reckon if I was just I may meant more karma. Maybe I would have kind of let it ride, let it slide. What is your thought around language? Because I feel like, uh, you know, there's always this saying about what's, what's your language, you know, if, if you're saying some negative words, then you're going to feel that. And I really don't like the word stress. Like if I, if, if my husband goes to me, hey, you look stressed, it actually kind of pissed me up. I'm kind of like, I'm not stressed, I'm defensive. Yeah. What other words would you say stress represent? Or how can I replace that word so I could go, it means that I'm not really stressed. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, got it. Look, tense, anxious, on edge. There's all there's a bunch of different ways to to, to describe it. What I think would be most beneficial for for anyone who's in a similar position to yourself is to really feel that triggered response. If someone says, Hey, you look stressed and there's defensiveness. Mm. Whenever there's whenever there's defensiveness, there's an incredible opportunity to grow. For yourself or for someone in your position, it's okay to be Stressed, or you're allowed to. It's safe, or there could be an identity or an image of, no, no, I want to be calm and cool and collected. So if ever someone says it's how you look and stressed, it's just like takes a that's a hit to the ego. So I think rather than switching the words to avoid something, I would it'd be far more beneficial to be like, all right, anywhere, any time I'm getting defensive, I'm defending an identity. I'm defending a position I hold of who I think I am and how I'd like to represent myself. And there's just nuggets of gold of growth in that.
2: Oh my God, that is so such a light bulb moment for me because I agree. I think I wanted to feel like a hero or I want to know that I'm always a strong person. And being defensive was because it probably was true. And I think, yeah, you just gave me a permission to go, you know what, maybe I am. And how do I deal with that, I guess, right? that's kind of your, your tip because if I keep totally. avoiding it, then I'm not really facing the truth. I'm avoiding yeah. the truth. Wow. Love that. I,
0: yeah, I'm the same. Like I totally, part of me is like, I want to just have this cool, calm, collected, like I'm so stable and secure within myself that nothing bothers me or affects me. So I've certainly got some, some shadows or some triggers around that as well. Of yeah, not wanting of uh, to be, show not wanting to show any weakness or vulnerability that something in my world can shake me, can yeah, rattle me, and know? I think
2: what what it is is it's okay when I call myself out and I'm like, okay, guy, you know, it's a stressful situation and I'm stressed, but when someone else is telling me, that, I'm like, hang on a minute, no, I'm <laughs> not. I think that's the difference. But I really do like the point also that you highlight around. You know, being lead, a leader needs to feel needs to be okay to feel and all that because it's actually really beneficial to be vulnerable. As Brent Brown, I think that was her name, said that the more vulnerable you are to, to be able to show your feelings to your team and go, "Hey, I'm not feeling good. I'm this and that." Pip, your team would actually relate to you more. Yeah, right? you're more human to them than just this big boss.
0: Exactly, hundred percent.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, before I go into my next segment, I'm gonna ask you. Uh, it's called the high five. It's a five quick question, this or that. We get to know you a little bit more and you just pick your choice of the answers and elaborate a little bit on your choice, okay, Andrew? Number one, ocean or rainforest?
0: Oh, I'm gonna say ocean. Ocean because I live in the rainforest here up in the Dandenongs. It's beautiful and I absolutely love it. I haven't spent as much time living by the ocean and I've started surfing the last two years, so I'm gonna say ocean.
2: Also, love it. Uh, yeah, my dream is to live in a waterfront property one day. Too. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Yeah, I think water has this kind of calm effect, I think. Yeah. Number two, cheesecake or chocolate mud cake?
0: I'm not a big desserts man, but I'm going to go chocolate mud cake, Got if it mud cake.
2: Number three, meditation or journaling?
0: I'm going to say meditation. I teach it. I love it. I just love observing my experience. I learn a lot when I do it. I do both but I, I do meditate more than I journal.
2: Good one, good one. All right, next one, farmhouse or penthouse?
0: Farmhouse.
1: Farmhouse. farmhouse.
0: Penthouse, I don't know, I feel more, I like country. I don't, I'm not a big glamour in the city type, type thing. Yeah. Farmhouse, space, seclusion, that'd be more me. Yeah,
2: yeah. Good good, good. All right, final question, Italian food or Japanese food?
0: I will go Italian food. Yeah? good.
2: Yeah, my husband's Italian and he just can't get enough of his bolognese. Every single week we have to go to his mum's to eat his spaghetti bolognese. And we go out that's, to order and he'll still order spaghetti bolognese. It's so funny.
0: I love that that's just so textbook Italian. Go to your mum once a week to eat spag bowl.
2: Yes, and go home with takeaway bolognese sauce so that we could eat a few more dishes a longer on the week as well.
0: <laughs> one one a week isn't enough.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So Andrew, back to um our chat. I wanted to talk more about meditation. So like for many, 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 many years, well I've been in business for 10 years and I've always heard about you should meditate. You should meditate. And I would always be, you know, even when I was starting out I would always find myself too busy to give it a shot, too busy. Like, oh, I don't have time for five minutes. And so I struggled with meditation for many, many years. And I don't Mm. know what happened, but I think maybe I've heard it enough from successful people and, and people who's done it and they're like meditate and they keep on referring back. And I think I finally gave it a shot and it was it to me felt like it was a journey as if I'm going into fitness where I had to really push myself to get into meditation. And even till now, I mean, I do have a bit of a a routine, but I would say it's just a a struggle. And so I know a lot of people who wants, wants to meditate, but they're probably through the same journey as I went. So so what are your tips around starting to meditate, knowing that you're doing it right, or how do you know you're on the right journey with meditation?
0: Yeah, totally. So where most people, get caught up and get it wrong with meditation is they're trying to figure out how do I meditate? They're under the impression that meditating good means that your mind is completely clear. Uh, They don't, they're looking for a technique. They don't know what they're doing. Their mind is racing. They're getting distracted. They're getting frustrated and they're just, I don't know I'm going to, I'm going to give up. This feels uncomfortable. But what I teach and what I think is really valuable is to understand what meditation is. And meditation is the non-judgmental observation of our experience and that when we're going into meditation don't have an agenda don't have an end goal to have your mind clear your only job is to go in and observe your experience you know it's like like if someone threw a rock into a pond and there's the ripples and you're like ah i don't want those ripples there and you're trying to smooth out the surface of the water with your hands you're just creating more ripples and more disturbance on the surface of the water but if you sit back the pond will calm itself in its own time And the same thing with the mind in meditation. Our job is to observe, to be the watcher, to notice, man, there's all of these thoughts going, this one's coming here, that one's going there. But if we go into the traffic, into the content of our mind and try and fix it and stop it, we only create more. So tip to start off with is don't have an end goal. Don't have a, an attachment to having a silent mind. Go in with curiosity and be like, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna practice watching and observing and just noticing what happens within my experience, um, and then the mind will begin to calm itself."
2: Mm. And would you recommend guided meditation? Because I think at the beginning I did it wrong, or I felt like it was harder when I was just listening to relaxing music and trying to meditate, and then later on I tried to do guided meditation and I always find it a lot easier. Is that something you recommend?
0: Yeah. So I think whatever's going to work best for you to, to begin that practice. If you're going to go straight into no music, no guided and you're just sitting there and it's, it's too much and you you throw it and you don't do it, then certainly start off with some guided meditation and, and bring yourself into it. But then it depends how deep you want to go with it as well. But then if it's always dependent on a guided meditation to, to help you or distract you something that you can anchor to and you want to go deeper, then I definitely suggest no music, no guided. And just again, like you, same thing with our emotions. You need to go through the chaos to get to the calm. Like you need to let your thoughts run. You need to let your mind race for it to calm itself. But if you're always anchoring to a meditation or a guided one or whatever it might be, then and there's a dependency, it can be a distraction, but you can work your way in and then whatever works best for you. The way that I meditate now is I I have no med- no music, no nothing. I close my eyes and I just breathe and and watch what plays out.
2: Yeah. How long do you actually meditate for each day? And do you put like an alarm, like a timer? Otherwise, you, you don't know what how long you've been sitting there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I do... 30 minutes, 30 minutes on a timer. I lie down on my bed. You don't have to be, you know, cross-legged in the lotus position. And ha- can... what
2: if you fall asleep?
0: I don't. I pitch myself up so that I'm on a bit of an angle and I don't fall asleep. If you do and you're like, you're not getting it, the, the meditation, then don't lie down. Sit yeah. down. All good. I don't, I don't end up falling asleep.
2: So then how, what has your, how do you feel the benefit is? Like for me, from my experience, I just know when I don't meditate, my day feels busy, kind of like, cause I didn't have that moment, the, like, like the beginning. The beginning is that I was straight into work and straight into things. So that's kind of the w- way I see it. How do you, what has been some of the benefits that you've experienced that made you think meditation is one of the best thing?
0: The benefits, one of the big benefits I think is that, you know, in this life we're so conditioned to the mind and to what we think, that we think we are the content of our mind, which is our thoughts and the stories that we tell ourselves. However, through meditation and through observing my experience, I become less identified with the thoughts and the stories and the panic and I need to do this or that won't happen or this needs to get. And I become more identified with the space within which the content is streaming in and out. And there's just a a calm and a peace within that. My meditation program is called Infinite Calm, which is, the infinite calm, the infinite peace that is always there, that is observing the content and the thoughts that are of fear and doubt and insecurity that are just racing and racing, racing. So then the benefit for me is throughout my day, I'm not just believing every single thought that's coming into my mind. I'm not worrying about everything that, that, uh, that I think I'm not just caught up in the content. I'm able to just let stuff pass and not get involved with it and keep my focus where it needs to be. So there, the benefit is, is in focus and performance and, and energy.
2: Yeah, you, you raise a good point because I think that's what it is. I practice being able to watch my thoughts so that when I'm awake and I'm living I'm open-eyed, I know when thoughts are coming in and I know when to push it out, just like when I was closing my eyes. So yeah. that is kind of the powerful thing. So tell me more about that program that you've got for our audience.
0: Yeah, Facebook group that I'm active in and I share, and there's, there's a five day program that I've, that I've done in there. So that's, you know, you're able to access that. And it's called Infinite Calm. It teaches how to observe your experience. So I'm not sharing techniques of meditation of, of breathe this way and breathe that way, but I'm sharing structures of the ego, structures of consciousness, looking at, you know, how the ego is just looking to control or that uh, one of the needs of the ego is to, to justify everything. I'm just sharing with people this is what's actually happening. This is what's actually going on. And then they're observing that and being like, I can totally see how the ego is trying to run the show. I'm totally see how I'm trying to justify X, Y, and Z. And yeah, teaching people what to observe, helps them to become better at observing. And the better you come at observing, then the more you're going to benefit and get out of your meditation. So takes that angle, has that has that theme there's a free five-day you can get access to and there's also a 31-day a program as well
2: also is that on your website andrewdpierce.com
0: it's the the facebook group you can access the links there and then the free five-day program is within the group
2: okay cool and it's called the infinite calm
0: yeah, yeah infinite calm
2: oh that's awesome that is so good yeah i really i think i would have saved a lot of time and you know, a lot of trial and error if I really just worked with a meditation coach back then, but now I kind of, yeah, I had to figure out all on my own for many, many years. Cool. I have the final two questions for you. What does a kind boss mean to you?
0: A kind boss to me is someone who has mental and emotional mastery, who's who's got an understanding and a compassion for just the flawed nature of human beings, (laughs) you know, is just, it just has that level of yeah, compassion and understanding. I think all problems and all suffering stems from misunderstanding, even just in personal relationships and communication. So the kind boss is empathetic to the fact that we can be super stressed or anxious or feeling scared or feeling afraid and not be triggered by that. I think there's plenty of bosses out there that can be triggered by their staff and then just think, suck it up and, and get the work done. But the kind boss has, has uh, compassion and understanding, I believe. Yeah
2: beautiful i love that so different to all the other answers too yeah very interesting my last question is what do you want everyone to remember andrew for
0: yeah good question definitely being wise having wisdom and just knowing how to how to live a good life whatever that looks like however that manifests for you being wise and knowing how to to live a good life.
2: Yeah. Tell me quickly, uh, well, this will be my really, really last question. Like, have you always been this wise, like very deep kind of person? Or was, what what was your journey? Like, why did you become this kind of really deep, wise guy?
0: I have. I've always been the guy in the group that people went to, even when I was younger, just to chat and whatnot. And I've always had a fascination and interest with different ways of thinking. Human behavior, universal laws, consciousness, spirituality, ego, understanding why we do what we do as human beings, what's actually going on here. It just fascinates me so much. Like I got into coaching because of the love and the fascination and the interest, rather than, oh, I've gone through my own healing journey, I want to help others. Yeah, I just... It, I just think it's so cool. I think it's so yeah. cool. That's, that's what I love about it. Yeah,
2: I definitely see the passion. And, yeah, and I think the more you love this topic, the more wiser you get. You're just going to be you know, the wisest man out there. Well, thank <laughs> you so much, Andrew, for spending time with me on the Kind Boss Podcast today.
0: You're welcome.
1: Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining our podcast today. We hope this interview has inspired and humbled you to be a kind boss. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel and let us know what you think about our show. If you have any questions, please visit OutsourcingAngel.com. Until then, stay kind and spread love.